Friends let you down. A romance dissolves. Youth rebel. Families are divided. Churches are in conflict. Is there really hope for living in peace today? Join me today as I interview Judy Dabbler, one of the authors of Peacemaking Women, Biblical Hope for Resolving Conflict. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for the Family Shield program. My guest today, again, as I said, is Judy Dabbler, and she is the president of Live at Peace Ministries, serves nationally and internationally as a mediator, counselor, educator, and consultant. Welcome, Judy. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's good to be here. Thank you. All right. Well, I love your new book, uh, Peace Making Women. Are women ever really able to have peace? Absolutely. Uh, Peace, though, is an effort, and it takes some understanding of what's involved with conflict and how to really work it through well. That's great. Well, we'll learn more about your book as we go through this, because that's really our focus today and way more in that book than we can deal with. But we're going to talk about that. I just want to mention there are three parts to the book, conflict with God, conflict with others and conflict within. And we're going to talk most today about conflicts, conflict with others. But tell us just real summarize just a little bit about why you start with conflicts with God. Well, peace if we understand it from the Old Testament word shalom, is in every direction. Uh, first of all, peace with God. Uh, we, of course, as people, are in our broken relationship with God and desire and need uh, peace with Him. And He, of course, through Jesus Christ, does that for us. Uh, but as a result of just living in this broken world as broken people, um, our conflict with God inevitably leads to conflict with others and internally with shame or fear, depression, those sorts of things. And shalom is something we can't have perfectly on this side of heaven, but we can certainly pursue it. That's great. That's great. Well, um, should Christians be surprised when conflict occurs? No. They shouldn't. In fact, conflict itself isn't necessarily a bad thing or even the result of wrong thinking or wrong things, uh, but it's always an opportunity. Conflict is an opportunity, first of all, to glorify God, secondly, to grow, to learn new things, uh, and to help other people. So conflict is inevitable. When two or more are gathered together, there will be conflict. Mm-hmm. That's so true, isn't it? Even when, even in the church, even exactly. in good Christian family. That is so correct. Well, um, forgiveness is at the core of much of what we do. Um, So let's talk a minute about uh, forgiveness. Well, let's talk first about families, because that's kind of where we want to focus today. How do we resolve conflict in the family? Kind of summarize some of the things that you have uh, found as you've worked with many families in conflict. Well, families um, are a combination of several different cultures. Uh, First of all, husbands and wives come from their own backgrounds with their own ways of thinking, and they bring that into a relationship to form a new culture. Unfortunately, it's often a battle of the cultures, as well as our own flesh, our own uh, struggles being playing a part of the situation. But families... uh, that, that's where our basic foundational learning on how to deal with conflict forms. Unfortunately, 
most people are taught very poor ways of dealing with conflict. And I'll give you an example. We often teach insincere confession, and then we reward it. So it goes like this. Two children are fighting in the home, and the mother walks in, and she says to her son, Now, Bobby, you tell Sally you are sorry right now, or you're going to go to your room. So Bobby says, Sorry. And she says, okay, then you can both go out and play. And what we do is we, we teach insincere, hypocritical confessions, and we reward it. And unfortunately, what we learn in our early families, we take into our adult families. That's so true. That's very true and uh, challenging. So it might be something for our listeners to think about, because certainly we want our children to say they're sorry when they're fighting. Exactly. But confession actually is so much more than just, I'm sorry, that's important. It's such a critical piece, but on its own, it falls short. So it needs to be part of a bigger type of ownership. Okay, good. Well, let's talk about confession and what we really should be saying uh, when we deal with conflict. What are some of the... uh, Uh, things that we need to say and not say when we're asking for forgiveness and saying, yes, I will forgive you. Well, in our book, we walk through some peacemaking principles that actually are drawn in large part from another book called The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. And uh, he conceptualizes confession with seven parts. First of all, admit specifically. Uh, Many people uh, don't admit specifically what it is they do or didn't do, say, or didn't say. And it's critical that we really know what it is we're confessing. We also need to address everyone involved, uh, who we've hurt or who we have impacted uh, by our failures or our words and so forth. Uh, Third, avoid if, but, and maybe. We often excuse what we do. So let's say I pulled into the parking lot here at the radio station and I uh, was in a hurry because I didn't plan enough time and I flew, uh, threw open the car door and put a dent in your car. And I said, you know, okay, I'm really sorry, but you know, you really did park pretty close to the white line and kind of crooked. And I really don't think I would have done that if you hadn't have parked, you know, so crooked in your space. I'm actually shifting the blame to you. Mm-hmm. And a real confession is owning completely. Uh, Even though we're often, we have situations and circumstances that provoke us. So we own, I did this, and here's specifically what I did. And then comes the apology piece, the I'm sorry piece. And that is critical. It's so important, but it needs to be in the context of that fuller confession. An apology and a confession are two different things. So uh, First of all, address everyone involved, admit specifically, avoid if, but, and maybe, acknowledge the sorrow, the I'm sorry. And then there's the accepting the consequences, a real willingness to accept the consequences that are right and appropriate. Uh, Altering our behavior would be another part of a confession. We can't go back, of course, and undo what we did, but we can say, what we intend to do differently in the future. And then lastly, we ask for forgiveness, which interestingly is the most difficult part. Most people make a statement, I hope you'll forgive me. But asking for forgiveness is a way of really settling the hurts. 
And that is not being taught in our families. And we really need to need do to. that. Need to. Well, let me go back to your example of the, the two siblings that were fighting. And um, the mom said, now you need to ask your sister for forgiveness. What should that mom do to help that it be a real I'm sorry. Well, before the two children can might be able to have that conversation, it might be helpful to talk individually with the children and to sit down and coach them and ask them what was it that was driving their part in the conflict. And we know from scripture, James chapter 4 for instance, that fights and quarrels come from something inside of us. It's a type of desire that rules our heart. It becomes a demand. Uh, desire in and of itself is not a problem, but there are certain types of desires that are de demands of the heart. What was it the child wanted? Was it a toy? Was it to be first? Was it to be appreciated? And to try to help that child identify what was it that they really wanted that they weren't getting. And then when both children have an understanding of their own heart, they're able to picture what really is a better thing, what love is. Mm -hmm. What is the loving thing? When we demand our own way, we aren't loving the other person. And it's the failure to love that we really do confess. Now, the specific nature or form of that failure, but it's the failure to love that we really confess. And once they can name it, you know, I just wanted to be first. And so I took that from you, or I was angry at you from earlier and I hit you, whatever the case might be. Once they name it specifically, then say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Mm -hmm. And children are very resilient, very forgiving uh, for the most part. And so it really does help to heal the relationship. And it's so important that parents help children do this, because as you said earlier, they're going to take what they learn at home into their adult life, and the cycle goes on, and it's not always positive. Uh, share a couple other examples of family conflict that you have dealt with and, you know, just so we can maybe talk about some ex things that actually happen and how we resolve that conflict. Well, we deal with all kinds of conflict at Live at Peace Ministries. Uh, one type of conflict is how to help aging parents when parents reach the place where their adult children need to help make decisions for the, where they live, their belongings, and so forth. Uh, that's often a place where unresolved issues from the past uh, work themselves into the present. So unforgiveness or hurts that have never been dealt with now reside in who's going to get mom's antique tablecloth. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we work with each member of the family to coach them on dealing with their own hearts, what those mm -hmm. desires, that same approach we take with children. What are the desires? And then we help bring scriptural truth to bear. What would God call them to do? It's painful and it's difficult, uh, but it's very, very effective. Another common type of uh, issue we deal with is divorce um, or marital conflict that has uh, led to separation or divorce. It could include adultery, um, domestic abuse, some of the very serious types of realities that families everywhere um, either are experiencing or know someone who is. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, good. We're going to come back to that. I'm going to just make a, a few announcements, and then we'll continue talking about resolving conflict and your book, Peacemaking Women. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Live the Six, Being an Everyday Missionary. To request a complimentary copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Please make sure you give us your complete name and address when you call or write. The Family Shield radio program airs on more than 50 radio stations each week throughout the United States and is also available through our podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. We invite your prayers and support. If you'd like to support us, send a gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. You can also donate on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice or call Thrivent at 1-800-847-4836 and one of their employees will help you. Remember, you choose, but Thrivent gives the gift. Why not put Family Shield Ministries into your will or estate? Most people want to give the majority of their assets to their family, but many also put a favorite nonprofit ministry into their estate to receive 5 or 10% of it. Family Shield's estate program is entitled Generations Legacy. Your gift will allow us to continue the ministries for many generations and beyond your lifetime. For more information, contact us at witness to family at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to Family Shield and for your prayers. Learn more again at www.familyshieldministries.com. This is Kay Meyer, host for today's Family Shield program. Thanks for listening. I want to uh, again introduce my guest, Judy Dabler, her book, again, Peacemaking uh, Women. But I also want to give her an opportunity to talk a little bit about her ministry, Live at Peace Ministries here in St. Louis. Judy, thanks again for joining us. Tell our listeners a little bit about uh, your ministry. Well, uh, in St. Louis, we're headquartered. Live at Peace Ministries is a reconciliation ministry. Uh, We specialize in marriage and family, but do a great deal of work with churches and organizations in conflict. Uh, We offer counseling, uh, biblically sound counseling. We have conciliation services, which are our conflict resolution processes. Uh, Many educational types of programs to train people on how to do counseling, conciliation work, and also consulting with churches. And so we're headquartered in the St. Louis County, West County, uh, but we really do work nationally and, frankly, internationally. Quite a bit of work in the last few years has uh, been centered in Seoul, Korea, for instance, um, as well as Australia, New Zealand, uh, some other places. And so what we do at Live at Peace Ministries is we build a team that's custom designed to help the family who's struggling. 
Now, we often make house calls. We go on site, which means we are all over the country. I just got back last night from New Jersey working with the family for a week, struggling through some very difficult marital and family issues. And so together, we design an intensive and comprehensive approach to getting under the conflicts. Uh, the conflict comes from what's in the heart. Uh, Jesus says in Luke 6 that it's out of the heart come all our words, our thoughts, our feelings, our attitudes. And until we get deeper in the story, under the story. We can't really help people deal with those painful realities. And your book is also going to help because they can purchase it, read it, digest it, pray about it. So tell our listeners where they can uh, get your book. Well, Live at Peace Ministries, if you contact us through our website, www.liveatpeace.org, we can provide copies um, also through Peacemaker Ministries, they have many copies available, of course, on Amazon. Okay, wonderful. Well, let's continue talking about how we uh, resolve conflict biblically. And uh, that's what I love so much, because God's Word tells us how to do this. It tells us when we have a conflict with someone that we are to go to them and talk to them about it, uh, just by ourselves. That's the first step. And yet, so many times when people are in conflict, they go and tell somebody else, and they just, behind their back, and, and the person that they're in conflict with often doesn't even know there's a problem. Oh, you are so right. I think gossip is one of the unnamed problems that we face in our families, communities, churches, schools, that willingness to say the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time, uh, when scripture clearly says, go one-on-one. -on -one. Now, there are certain situations where one-on-one -on -one might not be appropriate. For instance, in a an abuse situation. Uh, but when one-on-one -on -one works, it's wonderful. We have our relationship reconciled and restored. Sometimes we need help, and that's where Live at Peace comes in and other organizations. And then sometimes we're left to take it to our churches and ask for help, which we fully commend. We work very closely with churches and under the authority of churches and find that to be just a life-giving reality. Well, you know, I think some of our listeners are not Christians, and they may not really understand that God knew we were going to be in conflict, and he did give us um, his word, uh, especially in Matthew eighteen fifteen to 17, kind of three different steps. Mm -hmm. Can you share what those steps are with our listeners? Sure. I'll go one-on-one. -on -one. If you are hurt or offended or angry, uh, go talk about it. Uh, it does help to prepare. Prepare in advance. Know exactly what what bothered you or hurt you. Uh, remember that when you start the conversation to really affirm the value of the relationship, to let the other person know how much they mean to you. Really work hard to understand what they care about, but also make sure that you communicate what you care about and what's important to you. Then you work through uh, sometimes concrete uh, realities, such as who's going to take out the trash. Sometimes it's personal issues, such as speaking tenderly rather than roughly. 
and then making those verbal commitments and living those out. So one-on-one is, of, of course, the place we start. And scripture is rich and full of so much about conflict, conflict with God, with others, and in ourselves. There's uh, so much to help us and to guide us. For instance, being gentle in our conversations. A confrontation should always be gentle and loving and respectful. In fact, that type of confrontation can be penetrating to the heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Um, also, uh, we talked a little bit about the one-on-one, and that's always the place to start. But I think sometimes people think, well, I did it once, and they didn't, you know, we didn't get where we wanted to go. So then it goes to the next step. Really, we should continue to try, strive, go back. Maybe they weren't, maybe they were having a bad day, you know, and I think a lot of times I'm a reconciler for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate. A lot of times people think, well, I did it once and that's it. Now I need to go to the next step and get somebody to go with me. And maybe that's a good thing, but maybe it's not the right time. Oh, you are very right. We really ought to be willing to try more than once. Sometimes people don't hear what we're saying. Sometimes we don't say it as well as we could. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luckily, if uh, God didn't pursue us more than once, we would be in big trouble. So a willingness to really pursue is such a loving thing. But there does come a time when we have to ask the question, is there any more value to be gained? But we do encourage people to try many times more than once in different ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about when... And we were so we were going to talk about family, and I'm going in a different direction. But I was thinking about when it is an employee in conflict with a supervisor. Is that a different situation? I know it happens. It's happened to me. Yeah, you know that is difficult because there's a power imbalance, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that has to be carefully weighed. And it's a a rea- uh, each circumstance has to be weighed on its own facts. Now. Ironically, in businesses, there's often a process set out for that very thing, grievance policies or an ombudsman. And there is a a very clear avenue of how to deal with conflict in your employee manuals. Unfortunately, we don't have that in every situation. But when it exists, we should consult that. Uh, Secondly, it doesn't... um, it's more scary or more frightening to approach somebody in a position of power power than it generally turns out to be dangerous. Mm. It's more frightening than dangerous most of the time. But in cases where the individual has that power to fire you, to uh, make your life miserable, uh, it, I don't know that um, you have to look for wisdom to guide you on whether you should go ahead and go to a different structure, somebody overneath. But I always tell people, look at your personnel manuals. Oh, what an interesting idea. You're right. It's usually there. We tend to do better in business, uh, all kinds of businesses, and we do in our own families and churches. Good. Well, why do you say start with the gospel in conflict? uh, we, We need to share that because it's so critical. I'll give you an example. Sometimes conflict is so painful because people need to be right, but not for the reason we tend to think. Being right is often, if you dig down into the heart, being right means that you won't be abandoned. Or being right means you're worthy of being loved. Being right means you're valuable. And so conflicts can become very entrenched because people are really after something different than winning the war. They're after being loved, being valuable, being worthwhile. 
Now, we start with the gospel, and the gospel has this profound message that God so loved you just the way you are. He loved you, not because of the good we did or the bad we did or anything else. He loved us out of his own good heart. And as a result, we do start at the message of the gospel, which means in Christ, you're perfect. Your Father in heaven looks at you and sees the perfection of Jesus Christ. And that sets us free to look at our flaws. Regardless, uh, we want people to remember the truth. So if they're at war with their friends or their family members, if they're at war because they really want to be valuable, the gospel already says how valuable you are. We remind people they're worth the price paid for them. And what is the price paid for them? the life of God himself. And there's nothing more precious in the world. So our uh, the gospel message is our starting place. And we find that it is critical in unlocking that deeper fear. Maybe I'm not worth anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I won't be loved, maybe I'm not safe. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, just a few minutes left, and I want to kind of focus back on families. We have three minutes left, uh, Judy. Uh, Anything else you want to share with our listeners as we kind of wrap up the program? I would say that families are worth fighting for. Mm. Family is God's idea. In fact, we're made to be in community, in family. But I run across in our, my ministry so many times when people haven't spoken with a brother or a sister for 20 years or were abandoned by a parent or uh, turned out of the family, and the hurt is lifelong and the scars are permanent. Mm-hmm. Family is worth fighting for. And so if that relationship is estranged or broken, begin to look for resources uh, to discover how can you go about trying to approach that individual and heal the gap. Family is beautiful. It's very hard, very painful some of the time, but it's worth fighting for. And when reconciliation happens, in my view, it's the most beautiful thing on the earth. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That is fantastic. We have two minutes left, so you have enough time. And I love that comment. Families are worth fighting for, whether it's marital, whether it's children and parents in conflict. Uh, Just one more quick thought from you, Judy. Well, forgiveness can happen even when people are not sorry for what they did. Forgiveness is one of the majorly misunderstood uh, concepts that we face in dealing with conflict. Many people think, I forgive when the person is sorry, or I forgive when I feel better and the pain isn't so great. But forgiveness really is a decision that predates emotional healing. It's a decision based on the gospel. Why would anyone forgive a parent or a child who's broken their heart? The only reason is because in Christ, God has forgiven us all our sins. Forgiveness makes us feel better. That's true. But that's not why we forgive. That's just a byproduct. All right. Very good. Again, my guest has been Judy uh, Dabler. Peacemaking Women is the book. And um, she's at uh, liveatpeace.org if you want to learn more about that. Again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield Ministries. If you want to learn about us, go to our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Thanks for listening. God bless your day.
You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.